Hallo, lieber Freund des gepflegten Dartsports. Willkommen zurück zu einer neuen Podcast-Episode. Und heute feiern wir Premiere. Und zwar wird einerseits der Gewinnspielsieger aus ausgelost. Das heißt, am Ende des Podcasts äh, erfahrt ihr, wer das Gewinnspiel gewonnen hat und sich einen 50-Euro-Shop-Gutschein bei uns sichern konnte. Und zum anderen haben wir das heute das erste Mal einen englischsprachigen Interviewgast. Und zwar darf ich begrüßen Simon Hall von Winmau als Marketing Director, mittlerweile über 18 Jahren bei Winmau. Winmau ja einer, eigentlich der größte Hersteller von Darts. Und es ähm, ist mir eine große Ehre, hier das Interview mit ihm machen zu dürfen. Äh, hört gerne mal rein. Es ist natürlich ähm, teilweise ja, ein bisschen schwerer verständlich. Äh, ich hoffe, ihr könnt alle Englisch gut verstehen. Und das war jetzt einfach mal so eine Testfolge. Und zwar haben wir gesprochen über zum Beispiel Sponsorendeals mit Michael van Geren, der ja seit letztem Jahr zum Windmau gehört. Wir haben auch so ein bisschen über die letzten Monate gesprochen, warum zum Beispiel in ganz Europa keine Windmau Blade 5 Dartscheiben mehr verkauft werden konnten. Und, und, und. Also viele spannende Themen. Ich wünsche euch jetzt einfach mal viel Spaß und freue mich auf euer Feedback. Findest du auf mydartfight.com. So, welcome Simon. How are you doing back then in UK? Very good, thanks Tim. Thanks for having me on the show. Looking forward to having a, a chat over the next half an hour. Yeah, it's very nice to have you here. Our first uh, English guest, I would say. And I hope our followers can follow all along. And um, maybe just for the people who haven't heard of your name yet, maybe. So you are the marketing director of Vinmao. And you have worked for the company for over 18 years now. So maybe you can just say maybe two or three sentences about your personality. Yeah, I joined here 18 years ago. I'm actually Welsh. So I'm from the same country as Gezi Price, Johnny Clayton. And we're mm -hmm. based in Cardiff, which is just about two hours from London. But um, I'm very sporty myself. My sports were golf and rugby and surfing. And I joined the mm -hmm. company... I was a sales manager somewhere else and came into darts and as a sport, obviously fell in love with it very quickly. Um, but it was an exceptionally different world when I joined the darts scene. Uh, the PDC and the BDO were very different spaces. So there's been so much change in the, in the last five years, let alone the last sort of nearly 20. So, yeah, as a person, I'm very open minded. We're very approachable here and we love what we do. We love darts. That's very good to hear. Yeah, I can can imagine that it, that the world was a different one back then, uh, especially in darts. I mean, the industry changed very drastically, and we're maybe gonna also talk about that a little bit, where you can maybe also tell our young listeners how darts exploded in the past years. But um, like, for example, if I would listen to the podcast right now and I would hear, okay, the marketing director of Winmau. Are you the guy then who talks to Michael van Gerben, for example, before signing him? Or how can we imagine what you're doing all day long? Well, yeah, I'm the guy that talks to every single player in our group about if they join us, if they want to join us, what we can do for them if they do join us, all the commercial terms, uh, contract negotiation. So, yeah, I deal with every aspect of player from a young German player who who may be on a, a local German tour all the way to Michael van Gerwen. But our principles are the same. We we engage mm -hmm. with with players who we hope have got the same outlook as, as us to the game. 
Um, mm -hmm. And you might not believe it, but yes, dealing with Michael Van Gogh in contract and thing is a lot more in detail. But the principles are very mm -hmm. similar. You still want to have a player join you and really want to join you and your company and the people in it to help them improve, essentially. Um, it's no different to whether they're 19 and, and a t young talent or 31 and number one in the world. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I was I was actually trying to count the players who are now signed by Vinmo. I got to a number of 48. But um, how many players did you sign or which are signed right now with Vinmo? Do you have a number in your head there? Uh, yeah, I haven't got an exact number, but it is around in the in the whole group because obviously we do have uh, Red Dragon Darts as well into the same parent group. But it's but there, you know, it's anything floating from from forty to a hundred at times. Um, yeah, but that's but that again shows that some of those players are legacy players. Some of the guys mm. that that were world champions, you know, ten or fifteen years ago, but have still got relevance now. Because you know, social media has, has changed the, the landscape for that. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, there are also many young young talents coming up now, and uh, I mean, we also saw it on the Q School, the, the recent Q School, like many new faces and uh, many new young players who also, yeah, got to know the dart sport like maybe just only three years ago and never threw a dart before, but now they already playing some averages of 80 or whatever yeah so, the, the um, pathways this is the, the the pathways have changed which makes talent acquisition a lot different to what it used to be so you used to have one or two rankings you could look at and you'd you'd understand other sort of areas back then it was sort of county or international scene wdf mm -hmm. rankings but now There's so many different versions of darts in, in a hybrid format that you can have guys that play a mix of steel, soft, um, local tour, Asia tour, da, 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 and they can be really talented. And all of a sudden, they know a pathway they're trying to get on towards maybe qualifying for the Worlds at the PDC. And it seems like they appear out the blue, but they're not. They, they've worked really hard, in, but on, on tours no one's really heard about. So the, mm. the the acquisition model is very different nowadays as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, as you said, like uh, I think it was in 2001 where you uh, got to Winmower, was it? And uh, I mean, back then it was completely different, I guess. How how was the landscape back then? Well, when I joined um, the group, we barely had. I don't think we had any sponsored players. Maybe we had a relationship with Richie Burnett. Um, mm. And because I was from a golf background, I always mm. knew that darts was sort of 10 or 15 years behind uh, golf in terms of its outlook. So you could always see mm. that the players were going to grow in importance mm. and uh, as, as the sport got more and more onto the television. So the personalities, the appeal of it was always going to be player-led. But we were, we were certainly behind, a long way behind Uh, the player-led boom that, that was sort of started 10 years ago. So we had very few. Um, our, our biggest, our biggest, real biggest signing, you could argue, we had we had Ted Hankey and Andy Fordham, who were pretty big, but they were BDO. And the BDO had already sort mm. of started to start its downturn then, if you like. Um, but the biggest yeah. sort of signing outside of that was actually, I think it was in 2008, was Dennis Priestley. 
Um, and he mm-hmm. qualified for the Premier League as a, I think he was then 59, he could have been. And that was like mm-hmm. one of the oldest players. Now, Dennis, was just, he's obviously a legend of the game on both on both sides. Yeah. So, yeah, so Dennis was a kind of our first marquee signing and it kind of signalled the change we had strategically. Yeah, yeah, I mean, um, I mean, there are very, many, many big names when I look into the list. Um, I mean, the recent big wave was probably the signing then of Michael van Gerven, which was... Was it last year? I, th- I think it was last year. Yeah, right? January. Yeah, January last year. Yeah, j- January. And um, like, for example, now as you were already talking about social media and stuff and Mike van Gerven for sure has some Instagram followers. But um, how, how big is the effect of, for example, signing him these days? Like, how can we imagine that, for exa- especially on your brand? Well, Michael was... Um my, I, I, you've got to remember, I've, I've seen Michael grow up from the age of 15 playing tournament darts when he was with other manufacturers and, and managers. And I watched this raw talent and we obviously were head sponsors of the Winmore World Masters. So I've seen the, the legacy of Michael build for well over 15 years. And at, at the point I saw him play Mark Webster, in the semi-final mm. of the World Masters he won when he was 17, you, you just knew you were looking at an outrageous talent that, was, that would and could dominate the game for as long as he liked. And effectively, you could argue it probably took us, you know, the best part of 15 years to be in a position to, to have Michael to sign with us. Um, so the effect for us on, in Winmore that. A lot of a lot of things have changed. We changed momentum in many 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 areas, so that we'd grown the the Winmore brand into a market leader. So it was it was a natural home for for Michael to consider. But I we always felt that that Michael needed to be represented in the proper way, um, with, with an emphasis on his personal brand. So. And the launch we had with him and the subsequent um, signing and all the things we've done in the market, have, they've been phenomenal, I have to say. And Michael himself has been a dream to work with. Um, he just, uh, as an example, on the 2nd of January, just after losing to Peter Wright, who was uh, the, the world champion, he, he came to Cardiff for our launch and he spoke to every single person there. We had about nearly 200 people press. Uh, we had a full video uh, demonstration for him. He came, he looked immaculately sharp in his suit. He shook everyone's hand, took a picture with everyone. He spoke superbly. And it was at that point I knew that he, he was a game changer for us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, then like there was also something unexpected happening, I remember, because like he, he you gave him some uh, set of darts which he was playing in the summer and stuff like that and then i think he he changed back to his old dart set because it was not running 100% yet yeah that that darts development is the change is nothing new especially when you're dealing with a player like michael who's won so much with one set of darts he got sort of eight years ago. So mm. what happens is that the biomechanical memory of his fingers and the feel under the severest of pressure, it's in, mm. it's actually impossible to recreate until you actually go to play. So Michael mm. Michael's journey to new darts, he'd started 
He came for a very intensive couple of days here. And when you see him throw on a practice board, I mean, he literally can throw anything, 180, 140, mm -hmm. anything. And you would think, you and I, who may think, oh, we, he could just pick any dart and play. But it's not about that. It's, that. it's how they feel when you have got huge amounts of adrenaline in your body, your heightened awareness, your blood pressure is up, the pressure's on, the heat is high. And it's all of those things you have to... Uh, allow for to fit and, and we knew Michael we knew fitting Michael was going to be uh, a long process and it was going to be one that it, it's almost it's almost like tires on a road for a Formula One car and it's getting it's not grip it's traction and and it's matching the traction to what Michael needs at the right time so we think we're there now he's 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 kept the same set from us for quite some time now in the last few tournaments he's very upbeat with them um so yeah we think we think he's turned the corner but again we always made it very clear that Michael's performances and being the best in the business for, is more important than us forcing him to play with a certain dart. And we're, we're still committed to that as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, we are. he's like, I think now on number three on the, in the order of merit behind Peter Wright and uh, Gervin Price, which ha hasn't been for a while, but I think he's going to come back stronger now. Well, it's, and, a, it's uh, a good motivation. Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, he maybe also needed that challenge now, and maybe he got too bored up there. Well, he he's he like Tiger Woods. He raised the standard standard of the entire sport. So mm. Tiger Woods created. You know, Tiger Woods was winning one in four events, which was is unprecedented in golf. Michael Van Gerwen mm. was winning two out of every four. I mean, that just tells you how dominant he was. Um, and you, you, there's two things happen. If you maintain that dominance, I think potentially the sport becomes less interesting is the first thing. Mm. And the second thing, yeah, if it doesn't evolve and people come in to challenge, you know, it can't go further again. So what Michael's done, he's, he's created a, he's created, the, he set the bar on a new standard. Um, and there's no question mm. about that. Whether he whether he will or won't rise to him is irrelevant. He knows in his own mind if if every dart player in the world turns up and plays the best they can, he's still the best player on the planet. Yeah, yeah, and I mean he's his uh, his biggest uh, contrahand. So I think uh, he also wants to always beat himself. Yeah, in, to head to to set the bar higher and higher. Very much. But I. I But but I totally get the point that you're saying uh, that it's getting a bit less interesting after some time if there's always one player at the top. I mean, we already had it with Phil Taylor. <laughs> and now you in the UK, maybe also Lewis Hamilton would be an example out of Formula One, um, where we are all hoping as well that there's going to be some change soon. Oh, wait, um, wait, same as football, you know, different, different league winners. It's so much more exciting. Yeah. That's yeah, actually sure, that's sure. why, ironically, when when some of the uh, you get some criticism of some of the TV darts from, say, the BDO WDF. But as a darts fan myself personally, because I know all the players on both sides, ironically, a lot of the lakeside coverage and the matches you would see there, you genuinely did not know who was going to win, and you can see that tension in. 
and that and a lot of the games were built to deciding legs and deciding big moments and and still for me that the lakeside has created some some of the greatest memories over the years because of that that the competition mm. is far more condensed mm-hmm. so yeah so i i do believe I, i'm not, i think it's been publicly announced but i think they're trying to bring back the lakeside this january okay okay yeah that's uh, good to hear i mean um but uh, there was one more question to mike van geven because that's also a question also where lucas and i are discussing about is if mike van geven i mean he's still young so i mean he still has a lot of time but do you think that he will beat for example the records of the legend uh, phil the power taylor really hard to match him for 16 world titles with the current standard that's out there so mm. I, i i think even he would probably say that that's too hard but mm. i don't think phil taylor would have won that many titles if he was around today yeah i i agree yeah like i'm when i'm thinking for example in maybe you heard it in the news i don't know but you remember maybe gerd muller like a, a legend that the german bomber from Bayern Munich, who was playing for Bayern Munich and scored over 40 goals in one season. And now this record got like a break in from Robert Lewandowski just this season because he was scoring 41 goals. I don't know if you, if you heard about no, it. No, I hadn't. No. Yeah. So, so now, for example, that, um, that record, which was set for over 30 years now, has a new bar of 41 goals. So it's always possible to basically break the old records, even though, of course, it was different times with Phil Taylor. I mean, he didn't have these big competitors, maybe like uh, Mike van Geven has today. But yeah, okay. So um, maybe we're going to talk a bit more about the recent months. I mean, we had the corona pandemic and... Um, Yeah, there were some issues, especially with the blade uh, su- uh, supply, uh, Winmore Blade 5 boards. Everybody knows them, I think. In my opinion, they are the best boards in the world. That's very kind. So, Thank uh, you. And um, yeah, I mean, there was some problems that, especially in Germany or maybe also in other European countries, that there was no supply, uh, so people couldn't buy them. What was the background to that or what, what went wrong? Well, we, just as a start point, we are, I think we're probably the only end-to-end darts manufacturer on the planet. So we manufacture everything. We buy all the raw Mm -hmm. materials. We manufacture our dartboards in our own 100% owned factory. Uh, We Mm. we do all the quality control. So we, we do all the design, the build. We don't outsource any part of that. So we have a highly complex Uh, supply chain from raw material to end delivery so if we outlined every phase of what it means to get a dartboard to you in germany from Mm. the the sizal that's grown in the fields in kenya to the wire that we import from whether it's the uk to so as we went in as we came into the first stage of covid we had obviously planned stock for what would then be going into the spring summer so our stock mm. our stock would have been uh, slightly lower because as you go into the summer months the 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 volumes drop away so what you had was a, 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 essentially the perfect storm that covid hit bang um mm. with with dark markets already 
in, in quite a few dark markets in good growth like Germany, Netherlands, uh, UK, some places in America, Australia, you know, with darts in a very positive place. All of a sudden, the consumer demand from outside specialist darts, the specialist darts market where we pretty much all live, we mm. we were we were hit by unprecedented demand. And that was from multi-channel, multi-retailers, darts retailers, direct commerce. So every every angle started to scream for more product. We so mm. we had a lag in our ability to turn our product around to get it shipped back into the market. So we already started behind. So what then happened is as as the the COVID sort of restrictions kicked in and people working from home, and yada, all of a sudden it became exceptionally hard to get the materials to make more product. So demand mm. is high. Demand is demand we're struggling to get more raw material. On top mm. of that, we threw in the curve of Brexit, which mm. which caused some serious supply chain issues in terms of shipping and distribution to us because all of the taxes and duties and this whole structure changed or was changing, then it changed, which resulted in some severe delays of, of multiple, uh, we call them containers, where we have thousands of boards in. So mm. in... in in my 20 years in an unprecedented case we had we had 8 to 12 containers backed up which were held and mm. stuck in because of the brexit supply chain so but mm. the demand was still growing so we were mm. still getting more and more demand we st- so it was a it was a perfect it was the perfect storm against us so but our guys mm. our guys are so resourceful and so um the way they approached getting product back into customers' hands. I think we probably, we really probably struggled, if I'm honest, for three to four months. But past mm. that point, we caught it back up and have since made, you know, we've actually made good on that. So we're, we're in a good position again now. But it's it's been, yeah. it's been, but it, I know it can be very frustrating for people who can't buy what they want to buy. And it's not through, it's not through any mismanagement. It's, you know, the, nobody could, plan for those kinds of external shocks all in one go it's just you know you're talking a black swan effectively so so i think Mm -hmm. i think overall we coped with it superbly well we we're still we're still seeing strong very strong demand for in the darts and dartboard category and and i think i think that's helped from what you've just said is that we've always we've always stuck to using the very best raw materials the very best manufacturing mm. processes and we're not we're not a, the cheapest supplier not at all mm. and we never will be and we we stop playing in the volume market but ironically with product reviews customer reviews um all of these experiences yeah you, know, you know the world is like back in our grandparents day where word of mouth is now really important albeit it can be on twitter facebook Instagram yeah. it's the same effect and and that effect has worked really 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 well for us so we've we've solidly built um, a product a marketing a platform and then so when the new demand came we probably got a bigger share of of that new demand so it caused the mm. it started to cause the supply issue so um the production I got to say the production team have been outstanding though to be fair to them mm 
Okay, and when when was that, for example, when you realized that uh, Jesus Christ, we don't have enough dartboards? Basically, uh, from January on, I think it was well, when they ran out. No, we once because we, in January when uh, Michael had joined us, and we just because the launch of Michael, I think I can't remember what our guys were saying, but we the launch we planned hit over five million. Um, impressions in the one night so michael just his product line just kicked off with a massive boom so mm -hmm. we were busy chasing our tail really you know on everything to do with michael van gerwin and mm. and but within the company we also had peter wright as a world champion so mm. so we were cha we were having that increased demand and then as it went into March, I think it was Mar end of March, I, I went to start working from home. So we had very few production staff and, and manufacturing capability in the UK, but Kenya was still mm. open and we, were, we weren't sure what was happening with Kenya. So mm. it wasn't until sort of April, we got into middle of April, that all of a sudden we were like, wow, this really is a proper spike now that's not just going up and down like a spike. It was going up mm. and up like a like a hockey stick. So that, mm. that that growth curve for dartboard demand was like a hockey stick. And I mean we was <laughs> we were seeing examples of paper dartboards that are worth say 15 euro. People were paying 45 <laughs> euro just to get one in their house. You know, it was it wasn't oh, wow. it wasn't just us. We we weren't the only people struggling to to supply um, yeah. at that yeah. time. So, but the 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 hockey curve, the hockey curve. I think had we not had the delays of containers, that the the curve would have dropped earlier than it it should have. But for us, we we had some extra delays, and you know, so it's yeah. it's gone on. That the demand had carried on into well into Christmas, well past this Christmas into mm. this new year, and it's only now we're starting to see just that with the with countries being open to get out and summer weather here, we're now starting to see yeah. things sl slightly slowing down again now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, like darts as an indoor sport um, was a perfect entertaining thing or activity for home uh, for, for their own home and so people just decided to probably stay there or like just to get something inside also probably many kids started playing darts in the last month yeah and i hope so, i think uh, you know i've been interviewed by um press and things you know about the the the, the feeling behind that and I, and i i hope that of the, the new people that came to darts you know we we keep 10 or 20 percent of them in the sport now because it'll be great for all of us then yeah 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 so okay but like uh when we look maybe now a bit in the future like i mean we had the blade four we had the blade five when is the blade six coming oh that's a good question <laughs> i think i think <laughs> i think we'll do well to to make sure we've got enough blade five for now yeah um, but like, I, I, when was the Blade Five launched? It was um, 2016, I believe. 2016, so five years ago. And um, yeah, I mean, the thing is, what what do you think? How far more can you um, optimize a dartboard like the Blade Five Dual Core? Let's say, it, is are there any ways to even more optimize it? Uh, yes, I think there are. But you, you're you're talking about. Uh, marginal gains at the very edge because of how just how good the current board is but we'll 
we'll continue to do our research and development and we'll continue to look at ways if we can improve the product we always will it, it is nice to always get a new a new range out there so mm. but our production team as you can imagine have been so flat out that you know to, to turn around and say yes we're going to launch a product at this point in time is would just be it's just too hard to know right now mm-hmm yeah of course i mean uh, totally get it and some product development always takes some time um but like maybe when we stick a bit more to the dartboards because i was talking to many people in the past years about dartboards and um because people also always ask me regarding the unicorn boards like which are normally on the television tournaments like on the world Dart championship for example you always have unicorn boards like is there also some possibility that you as Vinmo can get there or like is it a long-term contract that Unicorn will be forever there? Yeah, well, Unicorn uh, have a, a share interest in the PDC themselves and they mm -hmm. have had the dartboard rights as a formal contract with the PDC from the very start. So the PDC have shown mm. loyalty to them. They've got a very good commercial relationship. Naturally, mm. we've inquired about whether we're in a position to, to bid for that that tender process. And the PDC have been very open and honest with that over the years. And we just haven't been successful to this point. Naturally, we would love to have our board in the, in the, in the arena of the best dark games in the world because, you know, I, I know I'm biased, but I'd like to see the best board in, in the, for the best games in the world. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, um, I'm almost through with my questions, I would say. Maybe just one more thing, just a, like a personal question. Like, how did you get in touch with darts? Like, did you play that also before? Or like, what was your first um, touch point with the sport? Well, obviously, being based in the UK, we, as from very young ages, we always had some kind of darts present as boys bought for us at Christmas from a very young age. So it was a paper board back when I was probably six years old. So mm -hmm. that was when Eric Bristow was, you know, smashing at the lakeside and the eighties was booming with, you know, all the darts on TV. So that whenever we would go for a beer, my sixth form common room in school had a dart board. We'd all play killer, put a pound in, If we play rugby mm. in the rugby club and we go back after, there'd always be a game of darts. We had a shared mm. house when I went to university. We had a dartboard in the house at university. When I came back home and, you know, looking for work and jobs, we had a shared house with a couple of guys. We had a dartboard straight up on the wall. So, so for us, it's, you don't really notice it being British so much, but, you know, it's hard. There's none of my friends um, who I'm 46 now, so none of our generation have grown up not throwing a dart at some time or knowing and seeing darts on TV at various points of the year. So it's, it's, it's very much, even though a lot of people don't play in leagues and, and competitions and at home regularly, darts is part of yeah. the UK fabric. So it's, if, if you walk in, if you walk down the street to anyone UK and say, oh, have you heard of the sport darts? They go, yeah, of course. Mm. And they'll probably be able to name a player. So, it, it, you know, it's, it's, been, it's been part of, of growing up for me effectively, yeah. But, yeah, but, I'd, ne yeah, it, but I'd never hit a 180 until I started work here. 
So what had happened, ah, okay. um, a guy I got involved with many years later, he's a really famous snooker coach, but he coaches darts as well. So he's got this, yeah. he's got the, he believe his, his coaching method around accuracy. He, he coaches through the, the methods of eye dominance and it's very different for every person. And the first time mm-hmm. he gave me a lesson, I had a 180 with Robert Thornton darts. I couldn't believe it. And I'd never thrown one before. I mean, I can, I can throw a dart. I'm quite good, but I'd never had a 180. Um, so, yeah, I remember that my first 180. And, and, and it's just addictive. When you've had a 180, you want, you want more. Yeah, and then it's going, like, way easier than before. <laughs> yeah, but, like, uh, but then you expect crazy. more as well. And then you, you don't play so well, and you're like, oh, my gosh, you know. So, it's yeah. yeah. But it's, it's, such a, it's such a great sport because it is, is so – there's no – There's no physical barrier. There's no mental barrier. Um, it's so social and it's really, really skillful. So we have an expression in the UK with darts. It's easy, it's easy to be good at darts, but it's really, really hard to be exceptional. So mm. that's what makes it quite an everyman feel is that it, you, can be, you can get quite good at darts quite quickly. You know, you mm. can, and, and it's a beautiful game to play. Yeah. Yeah, I would put my signature under that. Brilliant. And, uh, we're like also still trying and still uh, challenging ourselves. Oh, but, you you um, never I, you never stop learning. Yeah, no, no, for sure. And uh, for me, it's actually also a bit more the mental factor sometimes because when I'm on the practice board, like sometimes everything happens, and sometimes when I'm playing against somebody, then. I I don't recognize myself, so it's uh, that's a, like that's adrenaline. Really yeah, that's adrenaline. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and that's how that's the techniques and learning to quiet your mind, how to go through your yeah. you know go through your technique, learn to how you sight your target, and you just become a very it's, it's almost a very soft focus when you're under pressure, not an intensity. Mm-hmm. I think people, mm-hmm. you know, we we do a lot of work on the biomechanic coaching uh, and improvement mm-hmm. side because we want to help people get better and and that mm-hmm. that sort of there's an old um, meatloaf song. One of the coaches we work with, he he's really insistent, and it's a famous song that says two's good enough." So if you throw two mm-hmm. out of three good darts, just be happy. It's mm-hmm. good enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Okay. Thank, thank you, Simon. Brilliant. It was a very big pleasure. And um, yeah, I hope everything, I hope you have yeah, the best for the future and uh, that you guys still healthily. And of course, also some luck with the Euros, which are starting this Friday, actually tomorrow, when I look in my calendar. Hope the British team can score some goals there. Wales, come on, Wales. Oh, Wales, okay. You're, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're with Wales. Yeah, okay. oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Okay, okay, sorry, then uh, wrong okay. team. No, it's okay. But but yeah, wish you all the best. Brilliant. And then uh, have a good Thank good you, time. thank you for having me on the podcast and uh, good luck to all of Germany as well. Thank you, bye bye. Okay, bye. Ja, da sind wir auch schon wieder am Ende dieser Podcast-Episode angelangt. Ich hoffe, äh, es hat dir gefallen, du konntest es gut verstehen und wenn du generell daran interessiert bist, dass wir öfters mal internationale Gäste bei uns in den Podcast holen, dann schreib uns doch da gerne mal eine E-Mail oder eine DM bei Instagram und dann werden wir da mal schauen, dass wir in Zukunft öfters mal über den Tellerrand hinausschauen und auch Gäste aus Übersee bei uns einladen. So, und jetzt kommen wir aber auch zum Gewinnspiel, das wir ja vorletzte Woche veranstaltet haben 
Und passend zu unserem heutigen Interviewgast hat uns der liebe Simon folgende Nachricht geschickt. Hallo, mein Abfall. Ich wollte euch wegen dem Gewinnspiel eine Frage stellen und wollte fragen, was denn euer bestes Leck war. Also ob das jetzt zum Beispiel ein 11 Data, 12 Data und so weiter war. Ja, erstmal vielen Dank, Simon, für die Frage und erstmal herzlichen Glückwunsch auch zu den 50 Euro, die du bei uns gewonnen hast. Wir werden dir dann natürlich per Mail den entsprechenden Gutscheincode zukommen lassen und dann kannst du bei uns im Shop dir Produkte im Wert von 50 Euro aussuchen. Und ähm, zu deiner Frage, wir haben das Beste, oder das war mein, mein Lag, was ich als Bestes gespielt habe, war ein 17-Data, ist jetzt kein Eintrag für das Guinness-Buch der Rekorde, allerdings war das relativ, ja, am Anfang meiner jungen Darts-Karriere, von daher hat mich das damals schon sehr gefreut und ich hoffe auch, dass du ähm, schon die ein oder anderen Erfolge an der Dartscheibe feiern konntest und freuen uns natürlich auch in Zukunft auf deine Unterstützung. In dem Sinne, euch allen da draußen Good Darts und wir sehen uns beim nächsten Mal. Macht's gut. Ciao, ciao.